0: Welcome to the Expansive Astrology Podcast, where we look at using astrology beyond the tropes and horoscopes to tune into the natural forces around us and within us, honoring our true nature to craft our future. I'm your host, Melissa, the Self-Care Witch, and I'm here to help you meet your magic. Without further ado, let's begin this week's episode with a tarot reading for the Collective. Hi! Welcome back to the podcast. It's episode 17 and it's Virgo season week two, which means it's tarot week. (laughs) We have a pretty tarot heavy episode. We'll start off with the collective tarot reading as always. Uh, And then we're continuing to unpack All that is Virgo energy, (laughs) what Virgo is all about, what it's made of, what its medicine is, what its invitations are. But unlike last week, this week we're looking at those things through the lens of the tarot. So Virgo rules the tarot card, the hermit. And because Virgo is ruled by Mercury and Mercury rules the magician, we are going to be talking about the magician too, and how it relates to Virgo. Uh, and briefly, we'll we'll just chat a little more about the suit of Pentacles in general, because the Pentacles are the element Earth, and Virgo is the element Earth. So I know I say this every week, but I'm excited for today's episode. Let's see what's present for us. Um, here is. Our collective tarot reading. Um, take what you need and leave the rest. You know, not uh, this might not all resonate for you right now, but stay open to seeing how it might resonate over, or how these things may show up for you over the coming week. Um, but <laughs> it's kind of a yikes spread this time. Um, I hate to say. Present for us, we have the five of cups. Supported by the world hmm. So that's interesting. Um, any five card is kind of a contraction card, kind of like a I always say like just like some some sort of hot mess <laughs> contraction energy. And all of the cup cards touch us in with our emotions in a new way or help us um, deepen our relationship with the heart. And in this card, we see a person in like a black cloak. Um, Their head is down. They are staring at three spilled cups. The sky is gray. There's just this air of loss and grief and behind them are two cups still standing but that doesn't seem to matter right now and oftentimes I hear tarot readers pull this card and they have a really lovely um, message of like pick your head up and and turn around and look at the two cups that are still here look at the two cups that are still standing and also we can see, In the Pamela Coleman-Smith illustration that it appears as though uh, the liquid that was in the cups may have been poison. Um, It's like we can see like green and red spillage. So they say that, is spillage a word? It's a word, right? I think it's a word. I don't know why I said that. I never say, I've never said spillage in my life. Anyway, um, (laughs) they say that it's like those cups were poisoned anyway. Pick up your head. Turn around. You have two perfectly good cups right behind you. And, like, that's true. And I I appreciate the spirit of that. And uh, this being just isn't there yet. Like, they can't pick up their head. They don't care. <laughs> um, if it was poison, those were their cups. And it sucks when your cups fall over. <laughs> um, this is like a grief card. It's just a... Uh, Time to it's just a like moving through the grief card. It's like a allowing ourselves the time to look at the spillage before cleaning it up and carrying on. Um, nobody likes this. <laughs> nobody likes this period in life um, of being kind of consumed with looking at the loss. I think if this person could, they totally would have picked up their head and turned around and been with the other two cups by now, you know, but they're not there yet. So, you know, what that means for us collectively, yikes. I'm, you know, I can't say for sure. But anytime I see the five of cups, I'm reminded not to skip past anything that my heart may be experiencing, you know. Um I'm reminded not to minimize my grief for. Or not to minimize if something sucks, (laughs) you know? Things are like, things are allowed to suck. Uh, And things can suck and not ruin my day, you know? This Five of Cups experience could only be a matter of like 10 seconds, you know? Of being like, man, this freaking blows. I didn't realize that was poison. (laughs) And I didn't want it to spill, <laughs> you know. Whatever, whatever. It, um, but it could only represent or um, require a quick moment. But I think that's. I I feel like that's the heart of the five of cups is um, just kind of being with the spilt milk. You know that phrase, "Don't cry over spilt milk." I appreciate it, and like it's okay if you want to cry over spilt. It's okay to cry over milk spilt milk. <laughs> um, And that idea is supported by the world card, which is mm, interesting to me. The world card is the final card of the majors and uh, can sometimes represent like an ending, the ending of something, a graduation point of sorts. And anytime a card any of the tens and like the world or the death card those things um can represent like a very obvious external ending of some sort like a like a you know a change of jobs a literal graduation um an ending of a relationship like it could be something very literal moving home you know something like that um or it could be much more subtle much more internal um more about like some sort of internal way of being or um, an internal thought process or um, some um, way that we've been showing up. Like the world card invites us into a less egoic, more authentic, more effective and helpful and congruent way of being. Um, In the card, we see like a naked person like flying, flying in the sky. (laughs) Um, and they're like wrapped in this luxurious, um, scarf thing. And, um, they're within this, what is described as a victory wreath. Um, there's just this very like, um, enlightened type of, idea or air to it there's like this like I have um, transcended I have reached enlightenment <laughs> um, that's kind of what the card depicts and I'm not saying that that's what we're all gonna feel obviously not and if the world card actually meant you know um enlightenment and transcendence um, <laughs> I would have transcended <laughs> 23 times by now in my day. You know, um it's not necessarily about that in a very like um again, and not in a very like obvious or external way. It could just simply be aligning more fully with ourselves. It could be about um embracing a more authentic way of showing up. Ourselves. It could be so subtle, right? It could be the world card, could be about choosing to celebrate ourselves, remembering our divinity, remembering our wholeness, allowing ourselves to show up more fully expressed. The world card comes after the fool has made it all the way through the whole of the major arcana. And when we think about the fool's journey from the fool to the magician to the high priestess all the way through um um the chariot and the lovers and the strength card and then all the way through like um the um the tower and the star and the moon and the sun like the fool has been through this whole journey where each card takes us deeper and deeper and has us evaluating um, this lifetime and how we're moving through this lifetime. And, um, each card has us aligning with our divinity in a new way, right? They all help us in their own way, help us to like figure out what it means to be human, (laughs) um, and how to cope with universal human experiences here. So once we've reached the world card, um, a lot has gone down. <laughs> like, we've been through a lot. And I just want to reemphasize that I'm not saying we're all reaching enlightenment. That's not what that card coming up this week means. But the world card supporting the five of cups, to me, like that, the words like authenticity and organic um, congruence are really like what's resonating for me in that, like, I feel like we're really supported. I feel like what is present for us this week is, um, a whole lot of support in having a heart and being with a heart and expressing our heart in a more fully expressed way, knowing that we're safe to do so. Returning to that idea in the five of cups that like, um, uh, life includes loss and suffering and it's, fucking hard and terrible and we we don't want to feel that we're taught to minimize it bypass it get over it as soon as possible i'm feeling like what's present for us this week is some really gentle support in moving through some really shitty things Not to say that shitty things are going to happen, uh, but the support is there for us to really touch in with our heart in a deeper way. Now, the lesson for the week is the tower, which does not have to be or mean some horrible, scary loss or some bad experience. The tower card is one of the more, like, feared cards in the tarot. It has a pretty intense imagery with, like, a lightning bolt and a burning building and there's, like, people flying through from the windows. Like, um, it's not pretty. It's not pretty. And one of the key characteristics of the tower is that it's usually not something we would choose for ourselves. so it's it's a feared card. Um, it's not all. it's not it's not one of the like gentle, sweet cards, that's for sure. And it doesn't mean something bad or wrong is going to happen. The key word that I associate with the tower is foundation. Any tower experience just brings us back to the foundation. Any tower that is built on faulty foundation must come down eventually. And the universe will support us in tearing down any towers that aren't working for us or aren't up to code or are built on faulty foundation. The universe, or specifically Mars, Mars rules the tower card. It'll come in and it'll wipe out the tower that we've been building, even if our ego is, like, fighting it the whole way, you know? I find comfort in the tower card because even if it's really uncomfortable for my ego, even if it's something that I really don't want to be experiencing or happening, I trust that tower experiences are, like, divinely orchestrated so that I can get to the foundation of something. I trust that tower experiences are the universe having my back and clearing my path, like clearing out what isn't working for me so that I can work on what will work for me. (laughs) So, as a lesson though, um, the tower being in the lesson, I've um, used this phrase the last few weeks. I like it. Um, We may have some spicy opportunities over the week to learn something about the tower experience itself. So we might have some spicy opportunities and maybe they're not so spicy or maybe they're super spicy, but um, you you like the heat. <laughs> I don't know. You know. It doesn't have to be a bad thing. I just want to emphasize that, that it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It doesn't even have to be a hard thing, but in some way over the coming week, we m- may... Get an opportunity to learn what it is to tend to the foundation. We may have an opportunity to learn what it means to trust tower experiences, to trust that if something is like seeing its way out of your life, even if your ego is like, wait, I've been fucking, I've been working on this tower for the last 17 years. I've been Building this tower according to the instructions that were handed to me by my mother, that were handed to her by her mother before her. Like I've been working on this tower my whole fucking life. I don't want to see it go. That's like usually how tower, tower experiences feel, right? If we've been building something or putting our faith in something, investing in something for for a long time, it can be really awful. To have to give it up or to have it taken from us, you know? It can be terrible. And this card coming up as our lesson this week, we may, you know, be invited to learn what it means to trust. To trust that even if all of that is true, even if we've been doing this thing this way or working on this thing this way or, you know, whatever for for 17 years and I thought it was working, I've invested in this, like what the fuck? Um even if our ego doesn't want to give it up, maybe it's time to learn to like trust and surrender. And that's kind of interesting. Um talking about like the theme of this week's episode um with Virgo because part of Virgo's medicine comes with the hermit who is about like divine timing and really trusting the slow unfolding of our lives. So Um, that seems to just kind of fit a little bit of, um, even if our ego is kicking and screaming, not wanting to let this tower come down, whatever that has to mean. And it doesn't have to mean a divorce or changing your job or moving house, you know, just like the world doesn't have to mean a literal graduation. The tower is anything that might feel a little icky or a little spicy or a little difficult, Um, and it doesn't even have to feel spicy or icky or difficult, but it's anything that brings us to the foundation of the thing. Tending the foundation, really tending the compost and the soil, making sure that the foundation is solid so that what we build, we know, you know, um, is built on something real and true. So, um, our lesson this week is the tower, tending the foundation, never missing an opportunity to like check out the foundation and tend to the foundation. Even, and especially if that's really hard for our ego in that moment. And given all of that, our anchor for the week is the two of pentacles. This is one of my favorite cards, honestly, in the whole deck. So the pentacles are earth. The pentacles have us look at how we as big, expansive, divine souls, how we exist as humans (laughs) with um, our human limitations and our human bodies with our limited resources. And, um, you know, as a human, we're obligated to, you know, work and um, pay rent and taxes and have a day job and whatnot. So how we as souls cope with like human limitations, how we as souls use our human resources. And in the two of pentacles, it's all about like really devoting to that, really learning what it means to have our hands in our resources. There's a few key phrases that come up when I pull the two of pentacles. One of those is devotion simply like devotion. This is one of the only cards with an infinity symbol on it. And there's a giant infinity symbol. We see this guy kind of like juggling or dancing with these two pentacles that are enveloped in the infinity symbol. Uh, So there's just this idea that this person is so in flow with the pentacles and that it is like, um, you know, divinely Orchestrated. It's like divinely guided flow. This person having an infinity symbol on the card means that they are like connected to that which is greater than them. The other phrase that always comes up with this card is um, that the hands are an extension of the heart. So the two of pentacles as an anchor is having us look at what are you getting your hands into? If your hands are an extension of the heart, how are you using your hands? Are your hands honoring your heart? For me personally, (laughs) one of the first things I always think of when I'm kind of evaluating like me and my relationship with the two of pentacles or my embodiment of the two of pentacles, um, I always just think of like, fuck, how have I been using my hands? Well, usually it's like holding my cell phone much more than I would feel good about, you know, and that's just me personally. But, um, every time I pull this card, it's one of the first things I think of It's like, man, and there's a way for me to use my f- cell phone that is in alignment with my heart and honoring my heart and using my hands, um, like on, on the, on behalf of my heart, <laughs> I guess, um, or, you know, just using my hands as an extension of my heart. There's a way to use my cell phone in that way, Uh, but that's not usually the case, especially when this card comes up. What are you devoted to and can you prove it through what you've been engaging with, through how you've been using your hands and your time and your resources? What have you been dancing with? What are you devoted to? And I love, again, I love that as an anchor for anything Virgo season where we're um, part of a major part of Virgo's invitation and medicine is helping us evaluate our routines and like what we've been, what, what have you been engaged? What have you been engaging with? How have you been spending your time? And Virgo helps us like um, with the discernment to learn, to leave behind what isn't working for us anymore. That's pretty much the whole focus of next week's episode. (laughs) Um, So I do like this card as an anchor this week. Two of pentacles. What are you devoted to? What are you getting your hands into? If your hands are an extension of your heart, are you honoring your heart? Can you anchor in with, um, with what it means to do that, you know, this week? Our lesson this week? is to trust what is coming and going in our life and to always um, tend the soil, tend the roots, to always um, look at the foundation and the health of the foundation of a thing, not getting too caught up in erecting a big fancy tower on shit foundation. And present for us this week is a like full-bodied invitation to be with every sweet experience. Our sweet, sensitive heart moves through. Present for us is an invitation to experience our humanness, experience our heart, experience our emotions, knowing that we're supported and we're divine. And it's safe to move through this human experience, you know, really anchoring in with the truth of who and what we are. That's the tarot reading this week. Kind of big energies. I hope it feels helpful for you. Um, Let me know. So it's a really tarot heavy episode. (laughs) Um, Last week. I talked about everything that Virgo is like technically, and now we get to kind of expand on, on that understanding of Virgo using the tarot. So like how do the hermit and the magician and the suit of pentacles, how do those reflect Virgo energy? And then also, we're also looking at, um, let's see, mutable earth is, um, the knight of pentacles, um. The Knight of Pentacles can inspire, or is Virgo energy too. So what can the Knight of Pentacles teach us about the medicine of Virgo? But let's start with the Hermit. The Hermit in the deck, in the tarot, is about divine timing, about trusting where we are, trusting our knowing, trusting what is being illuminated to us. In the Hermit, we're exploring our relationship with time. Realizing that we can only ever be in the moment we are in. And we get to learn how it looks to be our own sense of refuge in whatever moment we are in. Embracing and accepting a... Uh, wise relationship with time, letting go of expectations of where we're supposed to be and where time is supposed to bring us and really learning to work with what is, what does exist here. And in a moment, we'll speak about the magician too and just consider how the hermit helps us to be a better magician, you know, like the ability to be where we are, to be like so fully present and trusting, trusting our knowing in the presence, you know, um, the hermit is like a damn good magician. Mm. Hermit's all about working with divine timing rather than will. Allowing ourselves to be with what is and to be working with what is, even if it's not on our time, even if it's not according to our preferences, you know. I'll talk more about the symbology of the card later, but... For now, um, there's a lantern on the card, and it's just a little lantern, and it only illuminates one step at a time, and the hermit doesn't need more than that. The hermit brings us to a meditative state. It's like this state of non-doing, a sacred pause. And an invitation to pay attention, to be with what is. Now we hear the word hermit and kind of automatically think of um, like isolation, like being alone, um, like a hermit, Um, alone on a mountaintop. (laughs) And sometimes that idea or that message is really needed. Um... and and just a clear invitation or permission to recoup and kind of like a sacred isolation, you know, kind of spending some time alone in a way that feels really safe and beautiful and empowering. Sometimes that's what the hermit can mean. But I do think it goes deeper than that. And every time I think of the hermit... (laughs) I think of Mike Posner, who is a musician who's also um, very spiritual. He's like a, a very spiritual guy. And he used to do this podcast called um, What Does What Does This All Mean? And one of my favorite episodes of that podcast is where he spoke about, I think he spent like seven days, maybe more, um, But at least like seven days completely, entirely alone in a cabin somewhere in the Rocky Mountains. He had no other person. There was no like program, no thing to accomplish, no task whatsoever. It wasn't even like a meditation retreat, right? It was just him alone in a cabin on a mountain. That was the point. He wanted to explore who he was without all of his tasks, without the constant pressure or need to be doing something, producing something. He wanted to find out, like, what are you when there's nothing to do, no one to speak to, when there's no external validation at all? What are you when you are the hermit, alone, away? And Mike Posner shares that he very quickly realized his brain's tendency to uh, try to craft something for him to do. He shares that um, it was, it felt impossible for him to just do nothing. <laughs> he said that doing nothing is actually the hardest thing to do. He said, he called it, like, unbearable. (laughs) I believe it, you know? How much of the time do you create tasks for yourself to feel productive that you don't actually care about or that aren't actually important, you know? Like, who, who, who? I don't know. Who are you doing it for? (laughs) It's part of what Virgo helps us look at. Like, what have I been engaging with and why? How much of what you do, what you engage with, how many of your goals and tasks right now do you actually care about? What percentage of your thoughts do you waste on things like appearance, acceptance, Productivity, your body, your face, your clothes, material possessions, other people's thoughts of you, other people's acceptance of you. What percentage of your thoughts do you waste on things that you don't actually care about, or things that don't actually matter, or things that don't actually even exist right now? Meaning, like, if we're thinking about the future, Um, we're literally making that up in our mind like it doesn't exist (laughs) it's imaginary and when we're thinking of the past it's imaginary it's only in our brain all that actually literally exists is what is literally right here right now in this moment (laughs) anything else that my brain is going to my to-do list my errands what i'm going to do after this what I did before this, what my husband and baby are doing downstairs right now, like it's all a figment of my imagination. (laughs) It doesn't actually exist. And I'm probably right, you know, I'm probably correct that in an hour I'm going to get in my car and go pick up something from Facebook Marketplace. And I'm probably correct that downstairs um, they're watching TV and maybe Jester has a snack on the table. Like I can picture all of those things and I might be really accurate about them. And technically they, it is a figment of my imagination. It doesn't actually exist. All that actually exists is me and my body right now. And this microphone and these notes in my hand. And like, um, (laughs) you know, I won't, go there, <laughs> but um even yeah never mind I'm not gonna go there. yes, I exist <laughs> these notes exist you exist listening to this <laughs> no, but technically no, never mind I'm not gonna go there. can very easily slip into like simulation theory <laughs> so, like do I exist? do you exist? does anything exist? what is existence um Now, reel it back in. (laughs) The hermit is about being with what is. With eliminating distractions. With returning to the present. Returning with what we know. Returning to what is being illuminated to us right now. Which, while I'm tempted to (laughs) cut out that weird rant that landed on simulation theory for a moment um it is (laughs) everything that i just said and did is an example of the hermit thinking of the past thinking of the future thinking of the other people in my life um and then you know the thought trains that can run off from those you know starting points of um what is this life and what is my purpose here and you know gosh you know our brain Runs a million miles a second sometimes. And wherever our brain goes, <laughs> we can learn how to reel it back in and just be present with what is right here. And I think Lindsay Mack says this, or maybe it's her teacher, Michelle, <laughs> um, who, who talks about like, the more we try to resist what is, the more we try to get out of where we are. Like, the more the shit persists, the more we are stuck with it. That's why, like, therapy and EMDR, um, uh, talk therapy, process therapy, that's why those things can be so useful. Also, like, um, somatic type of therapies, like, movement type of therapies, like, moving things through us, talking things through us, like, um, letting the thing be processed and moved Helps us get out of it. And when we, when our brain or when we can't or won't do that, um, things get stuck and they persist in all kinds of weird ways, right? Like um, when trauma comes up, if it goes unprocessed, um, it results in hypervigilance, nightmares, um, avoidance. It can result in like obsessive compulsive types of disorders, like unprocessed trauma, an un- inability. Um, Or unwillingness or um, a lack of access to like the proper methods to process difficult things keeps us really stuck in it in ways. When we're willing to process what does exist, when we're willing to be with what is, as I'm saying all this, I'm feeling like this is an extension of like the five of cups um, lesson or method. An ability to be in the Five of Cups and feel the full scope of the suck <laughs> of those moments helps us to process through it, helps us to move through it, and helps it to dissipate. All that exists is the present. And the only way to be present is to be here. It's to be with what is and that's what the hermit invites us to do, it invites us to eliminate distractions, to be present, to stop trying to numb ourselves or escape what's present, not trying to move right back into what is easier, more comfortable, um, but just simply being with what is. Knowing that everything is temporary and, again, that, like, we are going to be Experience and be in and be with all that we need to for as long as we need to until we learn what we need to learn, until we've gone as fully and as far as we possibly can with that thing. So, something that the hermit helps us look at is the ways that we self soothe or distract ourselves, numb ourselves using external things? Um, What do you do to numb out what is present? What do you do to distract? What do you do to um, escape? Do you overwork? Do you put all of your focus on other people um, or other things? What sorts of things do you do to escape and bypass and ignore or invalidate or minimize or um, put off yourself and what might be present for you, and like distracting, self-soothing, numbing, having like hobbies and being able to like zone out and tune you know um, turn off a little bit and tune things out. I'm I'm there's a time and a place for all of that we need it there's a reason we have access to those things uh it can it can be fun it can be useful we can engage with distraction and numbing and we can engage with those things in a way that is helpful and healthy and just remembering the what we resist persists you know the more that we ignore a thing or try to escape a thing or numb a thing the more it's just gonna hang around until we are ready to look at it, you know? So rather than escaping or distracting, the hermit helps us to practice a willingness to be with that discomfort, to move through that discomfort. And that might simply just mean acknowledging and pausing and being with our desire to escape the discomfort and find happiness. We don't have to know what to do with the discomfort. It's not, it, it, it's not about that. It's about not needing a solution. It's about not needing to escape or to fix it. Being with what is and finding refuge within ourselves wherever we find ourselves. And our ability to do that helps us learn how to self-soothe no matter the situation. It helps us learn to become our own sacred, beautiful place of refuge and safety regardless of what is existing outside of us. It's about honing our ability to be with what is, to analyze it with our brilliance shine our little lantern light on it to make the most of our experience and move forward carefully from there. We're not waiting for something to change or go away. We're working with, being with, accepting of what is. The card that comes before the hermit is the strength card, which so brilliantly and divinely helps us practice for this. It sets us up for this. The hermit helps us to focus on doing all that you can with the circumstances you are in. Virgo helps us focus on doing all that you can with the circumstances you are in. The magician Mercury, help us with doing all that we can with the circumstances we're in. You know, <laughs> it's a huge theme this season. In the book *Being Peace* by Tignot Han, he gives a really excellent metaphor that I think illustrates Virgo and the Hermit as well. Um, I have a long quote. Quote I like to use the example of a small boat crossing the Gulf of Siam. In Vietnam, there are many people called boat people who leave the country in small boats. Often the boats are caught in rough seas or storms. The people may panic and boats can sink. But if even just one person aboard can remain calm, lucid, knowing what to do and what not to do, he or she can help the boat survive. His other expression, face, voice, communicates clarity and calmness, and people have trust in that person. They will listen to what he or she says. One such person can save the lives of many. Unquote. Now, Tikh Nhat Hanh doesn't say this, but that person he's describing on the boat is totally a Virgo. <laughs> totally the hermit. He goes on to say, quote, Our world is something like a small boat. Compared with the cosmos, our planet is a very small boat. We are about to panic because our situation is no better than the situation of the small boat in the sea. Humankind has become a very dangerous species. We need people who can sit still and be able to smile, who can walk peacefully. We need people like that in order to save us. You are that person. Each of you is that person. Unquote. We have a beautiful invitation with the hermit to practice making the most of what is. Always asking, how can I make the best of this? Fight with your partner, getting stuck in traffic, dropping a jar of pickles, How can I make the best of this? How can I be with what is? How can I trust the timing of this? How can I surrender to this? Can I be a little more accepting of where I am? A little more present? A little more awake and aware and intentional? Right here, right now? Because, like... What's the other option? (laughs) To fight it? To ignore it? I know that doesn't work well. To be present with our power, to be present with um, the potential of the present moment, to be aware of and awake to all of the potential that exists in the present moment. How can you, without all the distractions, how can you really just center in with and be with what is being illuminated to you and find tolerance there, find power and empowerment there, find a sense of refuge within, no matter what is going on outside of you and your little lantern on your little mountaintop, can you feel more at home there? Can you find your power there? Those are some of the invitations of the hermit. Now, I talked about the magician much more in depth during Gemini season, uh, so I'll, I'll probably keep this kind of brief, and I've mentioned a couple of times already this episode just how perfectly. The relationship between um, the medicine of the hermit aligns with the medicine of the magician. I just think it's like so perfect. It couldn't be better. The magician is so foundational. Uh, The magician helps us explore our empowerment, our personal power, our personal empowerment. How do we engage with Our needs? How do we engage with our tools? How do we get things done for ourselves? How do you create? How do you communicate? What tools do you have that help you connect with yourself, with that which is greater? How do you use your resources? How do you use what is at your fingertips? Your experiences, the things that you know? How do you express what you know? This is all about honoring our power. You know, the hermit helps us to be with what is, and then the magician helps us to really utilize that, use our power from there. With Mercury and Gemini and the magician and Virgo, (laughs) we're like looking at what wants to come through and what we can share with the world what wants to be expressed through us what are we ex- what are we experiencing like how are we as humans with a body how are we experiencing and interpreting what we're experiencing and then what are we doing with that the magician helps us to connect And express. The magician helps us to allow what wants to come through, through, which brings invitations to tend to our channel, to tend to our nervous system, tending to being open in the mind and in the root and everywhere in between, (laughs) being open to what wants to come through. Marrying that with an action. Connected with ace energy, because the magician is number one. Um, This ace energy, which reminds us that it can't happen. It can't come through unless we reach out and take the invitation. It's The idea of co-creating. Reaching out and engaging with... Our world engaging with what wants to come through. Honoring our knowing, or honoring our like intuitive hits, honoring our impulses, honoring those things by acting on them. You know, it's not enough just to say, um, "Oh, I'm realizing this thing," or "Ooh, I have this idea," or "Ooh, maybe I should do this, that, or the other thing." It's not enough just to be open to hearing, but then what do you do with that? Marrying your inklings, marrying your impulses with an action. Really proving that you are a co-creator. You are co-creating something beautiful with the universe, with God, with a higher power, whatever. The two affirmations that I always think of with with the magician are... Um, I am open to what is in my highest and best interest. And I am an active and powerful co-creator in this life. The magician reminds us to stay open, to remove energetic blockages, to take care of our channel, our nervous system, our body, our vessel, to place ourselves in alignment to receive, to stay open, feeling our power and surrendering to spirit. So, you know, similar to Gemini energy, um, and it's different because we've got this Mercury energy um, with this Earth energy now. Whereas in Gemini season, it's like Mercury through the lens of like air. <laughs> now it's Mercury through the lens of Earth. We're exploring how to do the dang thing, how to affect change in our earthly material lives. So marrying our power to co create with our ability to surrender to what is, embracing our power to affect change and, and, Do the damn thing and get things done. And remembering that we don't have to have all the answers. We don't need to know how things will unfold. We don't need to know how things are going to work. But just staying open and embracing our power. The suit of pentacles is relevant here because they represent the element of earth. The suit of pentacles asks us to say yes to the soul. In each and every moment, they ask us to do something with what we're given, you know? They bring us on this journey of discovering, like, what is a part of your destiny? What needs to be um, a part of your tending, of your service, of your garden? What is part of your destiny? And how can you bring it down and out and into the world? suit of pentacles is devotion, devotion, devotion to our work, devotion to growing, devotion to service, devotion to bringing something into the world. And the knight of pentacles, the knights are how we move through the world. The knights are that mutable energy. And the pentacles are our resources, our work, our, our purpose, our destiny. The Knight of Pentacles is mutable earth, which means it is Virgo. So we we're another way that we can kind of deepen our understanding of what and who and how Virgo is. The Knight of Pentacles does not do anything without checking in with his pentacle first. What would it look like for you to embody that more fully? Can you practice what that would mean to check in with your pentacles first, checking in with what truly feels in alignment with your soul before making any moves, which is such a lovely way of being and it's a huge ask, it's a major task to practice Setting our preferences aside and the preferences of others and waiting for our soul, waiting for a clear and loud yes from our soul before engaging with anything. It's radical. It's Virgo. So I think that's all I have for you for the expansive astrology this week. Um, I hope that I I do hope that's useful. Like I, I'm I don't know why. I'm a little like nervous or worried about it being such a tarot heavy episode, even though we're using the tarot to describe the astrology. Um so I'm 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 just open to hearing um how this episode lands for you and if it's worth each season having an entire episode devoted to um the tarot energies um related to the current season. Mm. I'm open to hearing your feedback on that, so let me know. Uh, But before I go, I have a brief astrological forecast for you. As always, um, you'll find this printed in the show notes, uh, and it's in Eastern Daylight Time. I just want to share with you some of the more major transits that are happening this week, as well as when the moon is going to be void, of course. Not so that we can overly structure our lives around these things, but more so just so that we can take note and stay curious and observant to seeing how or if any of these things impact any changes in our own sweet little world. Also, it's recommended that when the moon is void, of course, we kind of like take it easy on any like goal-directed activity and more so kind of um, engage in more like passive, nourishing, juicy work. Um, And again, This is not a hard and fast rule or um, it's not meant to be a strict, uh, like a a strict instruction that during these times that the moon is void, of course, you don't do anything. That is not what I'm saying. But rather, what if you use these times as an excuse to be a little extra soft and gentle and slow with yourself and just see if that feels good, you know? So, um, nothing really happening today but tomorrow wednesday the 31st the moon is void of course from 6:43 a.m. until it enters scorpio at 11:11 p.m. and then friday the 2nd the moon is void of course from 1:22 p.m. until it enters sagittarius at 6:39 p.m. on saturday the 3rd we have the waxing half moon and then on sunday the 4th the moon is void of course from 9:51 p.m until it enters Capricorn at 10.03 p.m. Monday the 5th, Venus enters Virgo. And then Tuesday the 6th, the day of our next upload, the moon is void, of course, from 5.53 p.m. until it enters Aquarius at 11.41 p.m. Next week's episode, we're diving into the review of our routines that Virgo can invite us into. We're looking at, like, we're reflecting on our routines, we're reflecting on We're doing like a thorough review of how we've been showing up, um, a sacred analysis of how we've been showing up. It's one of my favorite weeks of the entire Expansive Astrology year, if I'm being honest. Um, this coming Sunday, Sunday the 4th, we have a moon meetup. That's at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Um, And if you are local here in Fort Collins, you can meet me downtown. (laughs) I'll see you in person. Or I stream um, the moon meetups over Zoom. So you can join me from wherever you are in the world. This week's meetup is in preparation for the full moon in Pisces happening on the 10th. I feel like. The full moon of every season is just the perfect, it's just the medicine we need to make sure we're staying like balanced. Um, We're smack dab in the middle of a season that's all about analysis and routines and like like brain brilliance. And then a Pisces full moon is coming in to remind us of the importance of tapping in with our emotional selves too. So the upcoming moon meetup will be really centered around how we can be present with what is, how we can follow through with our routines and how we can stop getting in our own way, how we can kind of soften the medicine of Virgo, soften into it, you know, I think it'll be a really good one. Um, you can find out more on my website or... Just show up. I'd love to have you. And a note on the moon meetups. Because of the way the moon phases fall for the rest of the year, we're actually going to take a week off and kind of reset which weeks we're meeting, if that makes sense. We meet every other Sunday. So our next meetup is September 4th, but then we're going to skip the 18th and resume on the 25th that will help align the meetups with like i think the 25th is the day of the next new moon so um rather than talking about the new moon a whole week before it actually happens um skipping a week and then reconvening on the 25th will help us just stay in alignment with the moon phases a little better. So just to repeat, we are meeting September 4th. We'll be talking about the full moon in Pisces, and then we're taking two weeks off. I'll see you again on September 25th to welcome in the new moon in Libra. Next week, reflection and review. The week after that, we're chatting about perfectionism. So we've got a lot in store for us still this this Virgo season, um, but I hope it's unfolding just perfectly for you so far. I hope you're having a good Virgo season so far. Um, please always reach out. Shoot me an email, a DM on social media. Um, never hesitate to connect with me. Let me know how you're doing. Let me know what's resonating for you, what's working for you. Let me know what's not. But just... Be kind. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for being here. I I really appreciate it. It's been so much fun. I hope to connect with you soon. Until next time, take really good care of yourself. I'll see you later. Bye. Now, before you go, let me keep your ear for just a moment. This week's episode is brought to you by www.theselfcarewitch.com. My Bread and Butter, where you can find more information on my current courses, offerings, and other fun ways to connect with myself and yourself. If you enjoyed this episode and you dig what I'm doing here, please subscribe to the podcast, rate it, and leave a review. It helps so much. And if you'd like to connect with me, head to theselfcarewitch.com. I'd truly love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.